Super Pump The Battle for Uber is on Showtime. It's based on Mike Isaac's 2019 book about the well-known ride-sharing app and ex-company CEO Travis Kalanick, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. The premiere is called Grow or Die, and having watched it, did you learn anything? I think that Joseph Gordon-Levitt is trying to morph himself into being more of an anti-hero. He's played like the protagonist for so long in things like The Dark Knight Rises and basically anything for the past like I don't know decade or so that like with Mr. Corman and like kind of here he's morphing himself into somewhat of a villain but still the hero type. Travis Kalanick is, is not a hero. In fact the fact that you think he is just by watching the first episode is concerning and also goes to why I, I part of my bads because I have goods and bads and I watch the episode. Well, he as well. Re- he reminded me a lot of Jordan Belfort. This is I felt like this was Wolf, Wolf on, on Wall, Wall Street, Street entirely to the point of the freeze frame with the narration and the weird graphics that were being shown. Do and you know, also, do you know who the narrator was? No, and I it took me a while to realize it wasn't actually Joseph Gordon Levitt until yeah. like the very ending. Who was it? Quentin Tarantino. It was Quentin you know? Yeah. I know that he has narrated for some movies. Well, yeah. I mean, they got, like, a ton of famous people for this. They had John Bass from Miracle Workers, um, also uh, Baywatch, the movie. Uh, and then they also had, like we said, Bill Gurley, Kyle Chandler. John Michael Higgins even shows up as, like, Mike yeah. Ovis for a couple minutes. Almost as, like, a cameo appearance, but not playing himself. And then Randall Pearson, I didn't recognize, I recognized, but I didn't know who he was, like, him by name. Richard Schiff. That's the guy from Counterpart. That's who played yeah. him. Yeah. And so the casting... Besides Joseph Gordon-Levitt, was one of my favorite parts of this. You had Richard Schiff, like you said, but Kyle Chandler, Carrie Bichet, who you probably didn't recognize, but that is the lady from *Halt and Catch Fire*, the wife of Gordon. She was blonde. Oh, in this. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was like his number three or four. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah, as you said, John, John Michael Higgins. Showtime's got a big budget, and you've got people in charge of it: Brian Koppelman and David Levian, who made *Billions* and are now in their final season of that, and also doing this concurrently. Mm, yeah. So this show has already also been renewed for a second season. Really? I thought it was just going to be a limited series because I was like, how much more of the story is there really left to take? Super Pumped is renewed for another season. The Battle for Uber is a one-season thing. They're going to oh, recast. okay. All and right. it's actually going to follow Mike Isaac, the person who wrote the first book about Uber. He's going to write a f- book about Facebook. And so now we're going to follow the Facebook series. It was It was like the same thing, though. I had it down here. The social network is also what this reminded me of. Because Travis Kalanick straight up takes the idea we see in like the first 15 minutes from uh, Garrett Camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. there's. I have a lot to say about the second season renewal, but we should probably talk about the first episode here. The name of it, again, is Grow or Die. And it is about how Uber got its funding and then rebranded itself into a rideshare service as opposed to a cab company. Mm-hmm. Because in this first episode, it's still called Uber Cab. And it's still taking place in, I don't know, 2011 to 2013? Around yeah, that th- time. They had, they had like the flash forward and then I felt like they, they went back to like the present and during the middle of it, Oh, right? it definitely didn't get to 2022. Well, no, I'm talking about where we first see it, where Travis Kalanick is interviewing the first guy and, like, are you an asshole? And then it does the whole entire flashback. Oh, yeah. Back. Yeah, yeah, but all within the same, like, six months yeah. or so. Yeah, right. and all taking place in San Francisco, where the app originated, as did almost every rideshare service app at the time. Did you know that Lyft has been around longer than Uber? I didn't. So it is interesting how they decided to focus mostly on the Uber fight against San Francisco. And really, it was multiple companies having fights with them. That makes that and, makes it more realistic, though. It makes more sense that, like, yeah, they, yeah other things were going against This is sort of a fanciful a version, a dramatized version. However, they tried to stay as close to the book as they could. 
Um, I was wondering about that because, like, at 10 minutes in or so, we get uh, Travis Kalanick. He's speaking to Bill Gurley. He's trying to get funding for the— Silicon Valley style. Yeah, for his app. And I've seen it done in plenty of movies and TV shows the same way where they had, like, Sorkin-esque writing. And they had the whole entire snappy dialogue. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt says something really profound, and maybe so does Kyle Chandler. But I was like, is that actually how it's done? Is that (laughs) always how it's done? Because that's always how it's portrayed. There were so many familiar beats in this episode. Getting into my bed, you have the young tech executive businessman yes. with a beach ball <laughs> ego quickly corrupted by capitalism and he's his own hype man like usually you have someone else pumping him up <laughs> yeah. no. in that way i understand why they cast him in this role he can deliver those monologues he's fun to watch on the screen but it's still joseph gordon levitt like his face is so recognizable <laughs> at this point it's like when they cast ashton kutcher to play steve jobs it takes away from the actual story behind it and that's why in season two when they try to cast mark zuckerberg like, oh, who are yeah. you going to no. get for that? <laughs> Maybe they get back Jesse Eisenberg. But even if they did get Jesse Eisenberg <laughs> yeah, back, it's, just it's still, be, like, yeah. even back then it did. Back then it was, Facebook was in its infancy. It was, like, six years old at the time. Um, obviously old enough to be, like, a huge phenomenon for the world. That's why mm-hmm. they made the movie. But this is almost double that time has passed. Twelve years has passed. And now you have so much more information, so much craziness that's happened on since 2016 what are they going to include? What are they and all in a season? Like you make shows based off of bad doctors. Um, yeah, Doctor Death. Yeah, you make shows based off of like porn tapes that get released. Pam and Tommy. Yeah. Yeah, those are small incidents. Facebook is probably the most controversial company in the world. How many episodes is this going to be? I think it is seven or eight, and the critics got five episodes of, of it. So I think they got the majority of the season. So they're going to be tackling next season probably with the same amount of episodes. Mm-hmm. And as far as the familiar beats, though, they don't just end at Joseph Gordon-Levitt's uh, impersonation of this tech executive. They also have like the Silicon Valley nightclub meetings that you were talking mm-hmm. about. Um, the very familiar, if you watch Billions, flashy, clean offices with snazzy yeah. suits. Information flying a mile a minute. Uh-huh. Like, so much just dense Prone information. Prone to crazy monologues about being misunderstood or being angry or their vision. The first three <laughs> minutes was it was Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He was saying his vision, but it was also just a huge exposition dump. <laughs> Basically talking about how everyone's coming after them and they were going to fight it no matter what. That said, did you have a favorite speech of his? Because I have two. I like the cease and desist one. Again, it reminded me of Wolf of Wall Street, but I liked it when he like just kind of went out there and stood up for himself and it was like this is a birth certificate and then just drew a smiley face on there and taped it to the wall that and, may have been the disruptor speech and i agree with you i like that one and, I, and there was one more where it was when he was talking actually in the nightclub to bill Gurley, and then they did the i thought it was shot really well the lights and everything i re, that was one of my biggest highlights it was, it was shot better than the social network if you remember when that came out and they were like it's too <laughs> loud we can't hear what they're actually saying and then they were like but that's how a nightclub actually is and we wanted to be right, real and it's yeah. like that's not where you be realistic with your storyline is not the fact that the audience can't hear what you're trying to tell them but i like that i like that when they were like i was on top of the eiffel tower and then you start to realize as the scene goes on it was all made up and he's just in front of a green screen and that's not actually how he came up with the idea mm-hmm. that so that those are probably my two favorite monologues and that he took from his friend a lot of the original concept of it and kind of took credit for that right it's yeah. something that we've seen and since the beginning of apple basically <laughs> I also like the horseshit speech at the very end where he gives you a little bit of background. I actually felt like that was the most learning that I did throughout the entire episode about realizing that it wasn't just horse and buggy to car to 
to to Uber to or taxi to Uber. There was things in the middle. There I was had public a, service. I had a problem stuff. with that actually because I it was just like yeah the speech was good but really that was going to convince the mayor to like stop. Going oh, I wasn't after thinking them. about it like that. I was just thinking about like oh I'm learning something. <laughs> but but yeah you're right. It, they do try to um, not spoon feed you but like wrap it all nice in a tidy bow. Well at the very beginning they do speed spoon feed you. In fact that's one of the reasons why I like Quentin Tarantino. I like how he's in the show but the narration I felt was was really unnecessary Seriously, because i don't know why they have them. there there was like because travis calendar gets to explain it fine on his own okay you're gonna need to pay to actually <laughs> yeah. get like a safety fee and then the narrator comes in and is like for those of you that don't understand let me english it up for you and i'm like i understand completely <laughs> what they were saying already i didn't need you to come in and say that that is true yeah. it's kind of like hey okay dum-dums let's let's talk about <laughs> it differently but apparently quentin tarantino was really into it so that's probably like you're not gonna say no to him yeah <laughs> but why offer it to him so what were your favorite parts then i, I like that when it it's the only time in the episode where Kalnick is put in check when uh, Bill Gurley it was like talking like he you need my money and then he's like I don't need shit like I'm gonna take this to there were several with times yeah you. without the Kyle Chandler meeting where he made Kyle Chandler made the face like this meeting's over like I'm done he, yeah like, but he that, was able to sell that really well where it was like this bit, bit, like it wasn't just I'm going to cave for whatever you're asking mm-hmm. for I, Kyle Chandler's a joy to watch seeing him not necessarily play the good guy either I like he's kind of we're supposed to like him right now yeah he might he might turn evil later that's usually how these things work mm-hmm. there are other names for, like uh, elizabeth shoe who plays the mom uh uma thurman who's supposed to show up and she wasn't in the first i was episode. gonna say i didn't see her yeah. she, she's playing ariana huffington so it's just a lot of people that we've done shows for such as like joseph gordon levitt mr corman which uh, which i learned because of this has been canceled there's oh, no season yeah. two of mr corman he actually got the part for that i think in 2020 like march and then this was he got the part in may of 2021 yeah. so it was shot and spit out pretty quickly but then you have also kyle chandler mayor of kingstown and then you just said uma thurman who was in suspicion as well she was so these people while they're like big parts of the show actually are still doing other things or were doing other things and everybody loves to compare this to Billy and the Social Network, Wolf on Wall Street, upcoming Hulu's The Dropout or Apple We Crashed, um, two other shows about startups, uh, and to mixed reviews, you know? A mm-hmm. lot of people are like, it's derivative, it's a copy. And then some of them are like, it's 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 fresh enough. It's it's Vulture gave it four stars, uh, seven on uh, TV Guide. And so... If they're keeping to the book, I mean, like, yeah, it can be derivative, I guess, but I didn't. It just locks its potential, you know, because dramatization of social media through the filter of Hollywood can only go so far. It's flashy, but it's also tempered because it's untrustworthy. Yeah. When I watch something like this, it's always like, how much of this recount can I actually believe i i was glad they didn't like release two or three episodes because i was like these are this is like heavy stuff like i'm enjoying the episode but i'm not really sure how much more mileage they can get from it because i guess kind of feel like it is the same thing over and over again mm-hmm. i compared it to succession it also reminded me of a nathan for you episode where he literally goes against uber and shows what uber has done to the cab industry so seeing that paralleled with this tv show i was kind of like oh okay that that's interesting do you remember the halt and catch fire intro the, 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 the one where he's driving and then he like stops in front of a no no, no 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 the actual like title oh the actual yeah before yeah. they do like where it had that little like uh, dot neuron almost like shooting through and it had right. the granular synthesizers uh, sound effect in the back mm-hmm. that is used now not not the um visual part of it but the sound effect of the granular synthesizer that's 
kind of what this took from and i'm tired of it it's like every (laughs) time we get a tech-based show there's always a synthesizer in the background and it's like yes we know what it is and it's just a bunch of little names popping up and i'm like you can do better than that it's them trying to be creative also did you realize that the whole entire freeze frame like kind of flashiness they were using was taken away for a majority of the episode like past the 20 minute mark it just kind of turned into the drama and then they Uh brought it back at the very end and it seemed a little bit off-putting i did notice that in the last time i saw it i was like yeah they definitely didn't need that last one yeah it it, it did feel uh placed in there almost edited in there (laughs) like it wasn't originally intended to be there and they just added it for for context um yeah but so silicon valley and halt and catch fire those two shows are underrated in my opinion but also well silicon valley but uh but, (laughs) but they're underrated because what they do is they're able to show contemporary or past companies but in the periphery so by inventing fictional companies they're able to do whatever they want they have the freedom to like tell these crazy stories but then also in like the trajectory of everything they're crossing know where the show is going you see things like yahoo startup or or in silicon valley you see all the um other companies that like even uh, company execs wanted to appear in silicon valley and so i think it it cuts off its potential every time that it tries to do an actual like they could have done a fictionalized version of uber even bojack horseman did a fictionalized version of uber remember todd was playing like the yeah, ceo right, of that, yeah. and they were able to make fun of him that way it's it's just too it's like the imitation game is that the name of the that was a benedict Cumberbatch. yeah movie. and i hated that movie because of how misrepresentative it actually was of the truth sort of like 42 it didn't need its own glamorization of hollywood to make it the story that it needed to be right so 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 that's why i'm scared about the anthology of this being like season two did you did you like the episode i would give the episode uh or the episode yeah i would give the episode a seven out of ten begrudgingly i would give the show a six out of ten because i know where it's going and I can already tell that it's not going to be able to do much more than what it already has. I agree with you. I, I actually would get the episode maybe like a seven and a half because I did find. Uh, I mean, it's it's entertaining throughout. Well, you don't know I was the story. never really bored. Guess, yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. know the story. So, but I but I understand where you're coming from. I probably give like the overall show like a six and a and half. And how much as well. of a ripoff was it? Sorry for really bashing on it, but to take that scene from the the Social Network, probably the most famous scene of it about where Justin Timberlake comes in and he's like, "Drop the the," right? And do the exact same thing here. (laughs) You realize the social network, because they talked about Zuckerberg, exists in that world or in in the real world by this point. So they would have seen that movie. Oh, did it? Yeah, it came out out in 2010. So when he (laughs) says something like, oh, we're going to change our name to Uber, why would the guy make almost a full <laughs> reference to a movie that he probably saw <laughs> and and apparently that's the big idea that's supposed to kind of like change the whole course mm-hmm. of the story then again though did you you haven't read the book so that could be how it comes across in the book as well we no, don't know there's just no, way. no. <laughs> the, but the kalanic character the fact that you walked away from this thinking of him as like a hero or like it, it does glamorize white collar crime <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what that's what these shows do um, and movies from as billions well. yeah to wolf on wall street it makes it seem like something that you should be uh, proud of versus something that's kind of sleazy and messed up um but yeah let's talk a little bit more about the the show itself is there anything else did you think the family portion of it uh, showing his, his i actually thought that was probably the most boring part uh-huh. um because like the whole entire kind of i don't know tension he has with his brother i was like is, that really, is that really needed like when's that going to like if it comes into play later which it probably will what's that really going to accomplish it did also feel like they were trying to take the relationship that he ended up having with Gurley and like really push the fact that he they trust each other. Mm-hmm. And what is the reason to do that? 
Because they're going to backstab each other. Yeah, because that'll make it so much more emotionally hurtful when something bad happens with that relationship. (laughs) I feel like you're foreshadowing it for me, but okay. No, I mean, it's just it's familiar tropes that you're used to seeing in television shows. I do like the whole medallion. Whenever they talk about taxis and medallions, that's a really weird industry. And I'm glad that if you're watching the show, you might learn a little bit more about it. Like the amount of money that medallions actually cost to own a taxi cab have just gone over and out the roof forever. And so Uber did really disrupt it. And the ride sharing service did. Um, how many how many people did come up to Travis Kalanick and say like, hey, we can if you stop doing this, we'll help you. Like Randall Pearson does it being like we can put well, your technology Randall Pearson in was by the municipal transportation industry. You remember in almost every state they started suing Uber as far as their uh their taxis at airports but yeah because they it was just getting overwhelming and ubers were taking the place of taxis taxis and just cluttering up the whole place so so yeah there's been a couple of legal hurdles and still i don't think that they're profitable like they they make a ton of money but they also spend a ton of money Mm, so so I, i don't know what the actual balance sheet looks like on that I do know what the show creators said they made this for. They said they uh, wanted to show what happens when revolutionaries unseat the fascists and then become the fascists. So they definitely want to speak even through Kalanick uh, by showing him talking about how everything gets displaced over time and how it becomes the staple. And then eventually think they're, they're what did he say there? pockets are fat like they get fat yeah. riches and they get used to it and then something comes along and beats it i think the thing that's going to come along and beat up uber is when we have self-driving like vehicles and it's Tesla's. just controls like it's not going to be the brand it's going to be the step to there are crazy chinese companies out there that are that are almost just as popular just in different parts of the world than tesla tesla is really just an american concept that is that is taken off because of elon musk and his I wonder when we get self-driving cars, like you're talking about, if we're going to get like self-driving planes as well. Well, you'll have some. <laughs> when I say self-driving cars, I mean more like they made such a big deal about how losing drivers in this. But if they don't have a problem losing drivers and they just have to buy the vehicle, then the whole service changes and it becomes less about a workforce thing. And then no one's getting money in yeah. the same way. <laughs> yeah. Sounds crazy. Yeah. So it, the, the whole industry is going to change in the next like 10 years. But for now, this is an interesting, but to me, sort of boring look at it. I, I, that's why I said six out of ten. But yeah, when you compare it to something like Wolf on Wall Street or um, even The Big Short, I've heard it compared to anything. Yeah, well, The Big Short, I, I I see like less of a comparison. But Wolf on Wall Street had the whole entire like he's going to talk and he's charismatic and he he knows what he's doing is wrong, but feels like he can make a profit from it anyways. There's something so messed up to me though about having a character just sit at a desk and like sulk for the fact that like the rest of their company is spending so much money and we're supposed to feel sorry for him even though all he's doing is sitting at the desk like everybody else is working around you and yet you're the person we're supposed to sympathize with i don't know i mean if we're going to see the downfall of travis kalanick then i do feel like it is almost a complete ripoff of just wolf on wall street to see 2013 you'll kind of understand it in the end, the story of Uber shouldn't be too complicated to tell. So at least they'll be able to do that. I don't I don't feel like there's going to be more things that we're missing. Like, they'll be able to wrap everything up in the, however seven or eight episodes that they have. I feel like they've introduced everything by this point. But this is like a kid's sandbox compared to, like, the desert that is Facebook. <laughs> Facebook is, like, all the grains of sand in the world right now because of, of everything it encapsulates. And I understand that they're going to try to, like... Uh, go towards uh, Mark Zuckerberg's relationship with Sheryl Sandberg, I think her name is. And so like focusing on primarily that, but still like you can't distance the meta rest of the company. Did you like the social network and how they tackled it? What's the social network? Like how was it received? 
it got like universal acclaim. Yeah, so I don't think it deserved that. Maybe like I, I'm I'm more in the camp of just like this is a decent movie, decent acting, um, little little boring almost. Because I was already a well like anybody in in high school or younger was already using Facebook. But I was talking point. more about how they tackled the subject matter. Do you think that they actually did a good job with it? <laughs> I the most thing that I remember is Zuckerberg's response and how originally he didn't he was like refusing to see it and then he took his whole like. Uh, top execs people to go see it in a movie theater. Got all theater. the clothes right. That's what he <laughs> Is said. That what he said? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was more about the just passive responses to it. I don't think that like in a company this big, it's going to be you're going to be capable of writing this. Mike Isaac really has a, a challenge ahead of him if he's going to put out a book. They're going to adapt the book, and then they're going to be able to like deconstruct that story into next season. It's it is, just, it yeah, is I also, just don't see it happening well. It's a different avenue when you take something like Uber, and then you are going to something like Facebook. But then again, I think that this is also to maybe inform people. I don't know that much about Facebook, even though I saw the social network or things that have happened really since, except for like big headlines. So I think that's also made for mostly for people like me. Hmm. Okay. So you're going to watch it then? Probably, yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.